This morning we're going to start with chanting the refuges and precepts together. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Udang saranangachami Damang Sarnangachami Sangang Sarnangachami Dutiampi Budang Sarnangachami Dutiampi Damang Sarnangachami Dutiampi Sangang Sarnangachami Tatiampi Budang Sarnangachami Tatiampi Damang Sarnangachami Tatiampi Sangang Sarnangachami Panati Pata Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Adina Dana Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Abrahmacharya Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Musawada Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Sura Merea Majapamadatana Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami And those on eight precepts. Vigala Bhojana Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukadasana Malaganda Vilepana Dharana Mandana Vibhusanatana Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Uchasayana Mahasayana Veratmani Sika Padang Samadhyami Idang Me Silang Magapalanyanasa Pachayohotu instructions that we offer these mornings can be taken in different ways. They can be understood as instructions, as something to do. And they can also be understood 
as descriptions, at times, as descriptions of things that we experience. And so at times, when we are describing some of these tools and practices for working with things like emotions or thoughts, or the four elements, or today I'll explore Vedana, the feeling tone of experience. It can be useful at times to take some time to particularly explore that aspect of experience. And at other times it can be helpful just to settle back and do the practice that you're doing And these things, because they are just natural parts of our experience, they arise and then we can be with them, work with them, see how they interact with other experiences. And at other times, I'll just leave that for now. The practice can be very simple. Just simply being with the breath and noticing when the attention is drawn to something, attending to that, coming back to the breath, when that fades or is no longer so predominant. Or it might be just the the simplicity of just noticing what's obvious, what's obvious, what's obvious in this moment. In this simple practice, we are exploring our human experience. The human experience is an amazingly intricate working And the simplicity of mindfulness can reveal that intricacy. Helps us to understand how our minds work and how things are constructed, where we react, how we respond to experience. And so the Buddha was amazing in terms of being able to articulate the processes of mind. And it's useful to understand them. If we simply sit down and notice what's obvious, we tend to notice what we already know. And so it can be useful to describe this intricacy so that your mind understands there may be more to see than you have already seen. And then, as I said, it can be useful at times to direct, to look for certain aspects of experience potentially that you're not so familiar with, to kind of engage with that aspect of practice. And at times it's more, it's more helpful just to settle back and receive. Receive what's here and notice what's happening. And so, as I said a few minutes ago today, we'd like to open the instructions to include this aspect of Vedana, often translated as feeling or feeling tone. 
This is not feeling as an emotion, but it's a very simple aspect of our experience. Whether experience is pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Often, for shorthand, we say neutral there. Every single experience that happens to us, whether it's a sight, a sound, a smell, a taste, a contact with our physical body, or something arising in our minds, every single experience has a feeling tone to it, has this quality of Vedana. We often overlook that. This is one of those areas where until it's kind of pointed out to us as being a really useful place to, to notice, we overlook it because we're, our, our view, our habit of mind is to tend to try to maximize pleasant and minimize unpleasant. And so we tend to be responding to this feeling tone rather than simply noticing it. The Buddha pointed to how our reactivity and our suffering, the way that we struggle, happens as a relationship, a reaction to feeling tone. When something's pleasant, we tend to like it, we want it. We, we have greed, we, we lean towards it. When something's unpleasant, we tend to not like it. We want to push it away, so there's aversion. Often when something is neither pleasant nor unpleasant, we don't even notice it. And so we often overlook this quality in our experience because we're kind of automatically reacting to it. And so feeling, this feeling tone, this quality of Vedana is associated with every experience that we have, both mental and physical. So some sense contacts may be felt as pleasant, some as unpleasant, some taste as pleasant, some as unpleasant, some sights as pleasant, some as unpleasant. Emotions, thoughts also have a feeling tone. Anger generally feels unpleasant. Happiness, pleasant. And this quality, while feeling tone is associated with both physical and mental experience, Vedana itself, this quality of the feeling tone itself, is understood to be a mental phenomenon. The feeling tone associated with our taste and smell and sight and touch is understood to be mental, something happening in the mind. We tend to think, especially with physical objects, that the feeling tone is kind of in the experience or in the object itself. And yet we can just even through a little reflection recognize that feeling tone is actually 
different at different times, perhaps. So the temperature of 72 degrees, for instance, sometimes feels warm and sometimes feels cool. Maybe coming out of, you know, minus 60 below in the northwest, north in the, in the middle of the country that had that cold, cold weather, coming into 72 degrees might feel unpleasant. Just that hot, it might feel hot, it might feel like such a contrast. Coming out of 90 degree weather, it might feel pleasant. And so it's not in the temperature, it's, there's, there's other processes at work. Taste, for instance, and we can, we can reflect on this. Some pe- for some people, the taste of lima beans is pleasant. For others, unpleasant. So it's not in the object. And so it is a construct, it is constructed in relationship to conditioning and what's happening in the moment. When the mind is aversive, it's my experience, when the mind is aversive, it tends to put unpleasant things onto experience. It tends to put unpleasantness onto experience. And so we can begin to explore this quality of our experience and it's a very useful place to explore because we tend to automatically respond to it and it's kind of a leaping point for us, a leaping point into reactivity, a leaping point from pleasant to to liking to wanting to greed, a leaping point from unpleasant to not liking to not wanting to aversion. If we can notice the feeling tone itself with mindfulness it can short-circuit that movement to automatic reactivity. And we can just know, oh, this is pleasant. This is unpleasant. So this is an important practice the Buddha emphasized as a way to both understand how reactivity is created, how suffering is created, and also to begin to let go of that reactivity. And so since every experience has a feeling tone, we can simply settle back into our practice. And at times, without searching for feeling tone, we can be curious about what's happening now and what's obvious now? And what's the feeling within that experience? Just right now, what is the most obvious experience? And is that pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant? Can that quality be known? And you may see a kind of a leaning towards pleasant or a kind of a leaning away from unpleasant. And that's okay if that's what's happening. Just know that as well.
And how about another experience? Maybe the contact of your hands, feeling into the contact of your hands, the sensations there. Is that pleasant or unpleasant? The contact of your hips against the chair, cushion, or bench. Is that pleasant or unpleasant? What's the mood or tone in the mind right now? Is there an emotion present of any sort, mood? And is that pleasant or unpleasant? Or neutral? How about the contact of your lips touching together? This isn't so much something to try to look for, see, but more kind of an opening to. What's the quality there? Just simple. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. You know, just as a kind of an experiment, just let your mouth, the corners of your mouth, kind of turn up into a smile and notice the feeling tone of that. And so we can explore our experience through this lens or through this kind of quality of feeling tone, curiosity about what feeling tone is present in our experience. And if there is some kind of reactivity, if aversion is present or longing or wanting is present. Feeling tone can be a very useful kind of investigation, a a questioning. Because when aversion is happening, there's something unpleasant happening that we're responding to or reacting to. And so, at times we can use this exploration of feeling tone very actively. And so if there is an aversion, first it can be useful to notice the unpleasantness of the aversion itself. Aversion is a mental quality, having an unpleasant feeling tone. And there is something unpleasant that the mind is reacting to. 
Well, this kind of, so what is it? What is the mind averse to? This, we talked about investigation, not being a looking for. And so if we don't try to find what's unpleasant, but more just kind of check in, you know, kind of almost ask, mind, what are you reacting to? What's going on here? What's unpleasant here? Sometimes it can be a surprise. Maybe there's a kind of a low-grade hunger. You know, we think we're reacting to somebody's shoes at the end of a walk path. That that's actually unpleasant. But when we check in, well, what is the mind actually reacting to? We find there's hunger there. And that's the unpleasant quality that the mind is kind of tightening around. So kind of just this curiosity. What is the mind... What's unpleasant that the mind is reacting to? Likewise with desire, with wanting, craving. What is the mind moving towards? What is the pleasant that the mind is moving towards? And it can also be interesting and useful to notice the quality of feeling around the wanting itself. You might think of wanting as being pleasant, but when we actually touch into it, that feeling of leaning, of, of wanting, not having something, there's a kind of an offness to that that's unpleasant. And so you're welcome to explore feeling tone more in a receptive way, just noticing the quality of feeling connected to whatever's obvious, whatever's already being received. Or you're welcome to be a little more investigative around feeling tone, especially at times when there's some kind of struggle happening. Remembering, relax. Receive. Allow.
feeling tone, this quality of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, Vedna participates in the conditioning and conditioned processes in our mind, in our habitual mode, in our kind of the way that we learned perhaps before we met the practice, feeling tone when not um, met with wisdom and understanding tends to lead to craving, to greed, to aversion, to delusion. And so there tends to be this tumbling on of conditions that the condition of the feeling tone when there's not wisdom present, craving follows. And so the seeing, bringing the mindfulness to the feeling tone, has an opportun- there's an opportunity there for wisdom to be present with the feeling tone and it not tumbling forward into the habitual condition process of craving. And so that's something that is um, that we can kind of um, explore and notice, notice the um, the way that the conditioning tumbles on from feeling tone. But the feeling tone too is conditioned. It's not arising just either randomly or automatically, there are processes at play that put the feeling together. And so some of the simple ones, just seeing the contact, you know, that will uh, generate a contact with the eye and with every contact there is a feeling. That's one way that that feeling is generated. But it's even more complex than that because... um, our views, our beliefs, our expectations have an effect on the feeling tone. There's one study that I'll just mention briefly um, that uh, a group of researchers was studying pain and how uh, people described it, what level of unpleasantness people described the pain as. And um, they had two different stimuli, a kind of a mildly painful with an electric shock, a mildly painful and a more strongly painful, stronger electric shock. And the initial kind of tests, everybody rated the both of them as unpleasant. The, The mild one, like kind of a lighter unpleasant and the stronger one more unpleasant. And so this is something else about feeling. It has a range. And so in this uh, study, they, they then the next part of the study was kind of warning them what kind of shock was going to be coming. You know, so the mild shock is coming and they give them a mild shock. And okay, yep, there it is. It's unpleasant. Strong shock is coming and they give them the strong shock. And then they switch it up. They tell them they're going to give them a strong shock and they give them a mild shock. And in that situation, they rated that mild shock as pleasant. This was a surprise to the researchers. (laughs) 
but they, they, and they're not quite sure of what's going on there. But this is, it's kind of, this is expectations partly, you know, you're, you're expecting something worse. And so the, the, they, they think that it had something to do with a kind of a relief, you know, that, there, that there's a kind of a relief in the mind. And, and that, you know, that relief is pleasant. And so this, the, what we say, you know, how, what we say, so this is an example that was done in a study, but this kind of thing happens all the time. What we expect, how we feel, our emotion, emotional tone influences how we perceive pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. This is also really useful to see and to understand. Again, just the conditioned nature of our experiences begins to help us to see all of our experience just as processes unfolding, as Sally spoke about last night. There's not, not an entity in there, anything solid or stable to call self. There is a sense of self, but there's nothing solid or stable in there. And, what, and seeing these processes at work, these conditioned processes at work, helps us to undermine that kind of view of there being something solid in there. So there's some time for questions. If there's any questions. And you, you just pick young. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.